The SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. All right, we got a little special episode going this week. We got the normal co-host Ryan in the building right now, and we have uh, Joe Fan, digital ambassador for WinBet, joining us on the on the episode today. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, how you doing, Ryan? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us, Joe. I, I'm doing even better after my uh, fantasy matchup last week. It literally, I know everyone loves hearing about everyone else's fantasy teams, but it literally came down to one at bat. We each had the same <laughs> amount of hits. It was my, my best friend from college. He had one more at bat than I did, and I squeaked out average, and now I'm onto the championship. Does that put you in the championship in two leagues now? No, it's just this one. I, I'm, I'm in the third place in the uh, SGPN league. Uh, after I mean, you beat Jeff, so that's kind of like winning the championship. That's all that matters. How are you doing in fantasy baseball, Joe? I think I saw something. Did you win the championship, or you went to the championship round? Yeah, I'm only in one fantasy league. It's a dynasty league with a bunch of college buddies. But uh, I built the, uh, the the 85 Bears, so to speak, or the uh, you know Bronx <laughs> Bomber Yankees. My team was just dominant start to finish. And, uh, yeah, I won my, my championship matchup. 10 to 2 with some ridiculous hitting numbers. I had a 935 OPS with 17 home runs in the uh, in the championship Jesus. week. So my team was unbelievable, is unbelievable. I've had guys since, you know, I've had guys like Pete Alonso and Lindor since they were prospects. Same thing with uh, Julio and Rosarina and Jordan. And then I added Julio Rodriguez this year. So the lineup was just absurd. That's ridiculous. That's that's winning the. That's not even just winning the championship. That's just dominating the entire league. Yeah, we play in the Yahoo Sports format, and I think I was like 25 games up of the next closest person. You know, whoever was second place for the regular season. So it was nice to not choke in the playoffs after being so dominant all year. But uh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, always nice to to get a little paycheck at the end of the fantasy baseball season. Hell yeah, that's a nice little stamp on the end of the year. I have a really important question, though. Are you wearing the swaggity headband right now? I'm not wearing the swaggity headband, but I've been uh, when it comes to Mariners Twitter, I think I was the first to to really stand for Sam Haggerty. And so when they, they made a, a Sam Haggerty headband, I had to reach out to my friends in the organization and make sure I got one. So uh, I'm pumped for him. It's a cool story. Uh, and obviously just pumped in general for this Mariners team. Oh, yeah. I got to interview him at the uh, Rainiers Media Day at the beginning of the year this year. It's probably one of the coolest, nicest guys I've ever met out of all the people I've interviewed. And so to see the success that he's had this year is it makes me really happy. He deserves it. That's great to hear. But as usual, for the beginning of the week show, let's kind of get into some of these uh, questions that we got from the Reddit AMA. Uh, it is up right now. I've had a couple good questions so far. kind of want to go over it. The first one I've got. Uh, when it comes down to picking between two players, are you going to start the better player with a less favorable matchup? Kind of like uh, Bregman going up against McClanahan today. McClanahan is just 
Cy Young favorite, that sort of thing? Or would you go with a lesser player that's playing in the doubleheader, but he might only play one of the games, kind of like Gavin Lux versus Arizona or that type of thing? Yeah, that's always an interesting question, especially with a doubleheader, because, you know, they're likely to start to to uh, both games, but they might they might not. So if it's, it's only one game, it really depends. It depends on like if Bregman has been hot, if he hasn't been just using a personal example. I had to bench Juan Soto over the weekend. He's still on my bench. He was my third overall pick. He just has not been uh, has not been hitting. And then, of course, on Sunday, he hits. It's a home run that would have won my matchup. Luckily, I won anyway. But that's that's always the thing is you want to be able to to go to your big guns, especially in the playoffs, and just ride them out. But sometimes you have to look at those closer matchups. Gavin Lux maybe has a favorable pitching matchup. Or I had Corbin Carroll in my lineup today. I picked up Christian Walker for the doubleheader. So I think if you have a guy that's playing doubleheader, you get an extra game, you go for that. But otherwise, you kind of have to ride your big guns unless there's someone like Juan Soto who's been hitting 220 or something over the past month. Juan Soto imploded after that trade. I mean, he still gets on base. He walks like crazy, probably the best plate vision in the entire game, but he forgot how to hit a baseball in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. He's hitting 153 over the past month. I, I did, him a, did him a favor there. I had to say 220. <laughs> I kind of leaned towards... Uh, I went more towards the starting the player with the doubleheader, just because if they start two games, I'd rather in the championship, I'd rather have somebody uh, getting two games worth of at bats in a day than one, Uh, especially somebody like Gavin Lux. He doesn't hit for the most power, but solid average gets on base. He's going to get you doubles and triples. He doesn't have the most speed. I think he has like 12 stolen bases on the year. So, I mean, he has a little speed. He could steal you one, but I leaned more towards that, especially when, Somebody like Bregman's going up against McClanahan. I tend to I agree with sticking with your your big guns, but I like to fade games where they're going up against just those elite dominant pitchers. Yeah, I think you're you're a good guy to, to answer this too, because you, you look at every matchup. You you say you look so in depth that like every day you want to have make sure you have the best matchups in there. So yeah, I, I would definitely go with whatever you say. Yeah, and then the next one would be uh, keepers. Joe, you're in a dynasty league, so similar to the keeper thing, but you just kind of keep the whole roster rolling. Are you big on age when it comes to keepers? Like, do you look for somebody? How do I word this? Uh, when it comes down to it, we had a, a question a couple episodes ago. Uh, somebody's talking about Verlander versus, oh, I don't remember who it was. Uh, Verlander versus DeGrom was the question. Who would you keep? Uh, in that type of scenario, are you leaning more towards the younger person like DeGrom or the dominant, I could stay healthy regardless of age, like Verlander? Yeah, I, honestly, in baseball, I just kind of look at who's going to have the best next season, unless you're looking at you know a young arm that you think is going to be you know, the next perennial Cy Young candidate, you know, certainly it would be hard to let go of Justin Verlander. But if you've got, you know, on, on my roster, I'm going to have to make a decision between guys like Logan Gilbert and George Kirby um, oh. and Spencer Strider and Manoa. And, you know, obviously I'm going to keep a number of those guys. But, you know, even we throw a name like Nestor Cortez, like is his best baseball still ahead of him or is this peak Nestor Cortez? Um, you also have to be aware that, you know, at some point the Justin Verlander, you know, 
you know, the, the decline will begin. Now, we thought we saw that in Detroit. The way he's picked things back up in Houston is remarkable. Uh, and the year he's having is, um, I mean, I, I can't remember. Uh, uh, I mean, this is what, he's do, what he's doing right now is a story. What, 37 years old? And he's going to be, you know, the runaway Cy Young winner, as he should be. Um, he's been tremendous. But I, I guess, yeah, I, I do take yeah, age into consideration. Age and upside. You know, if you know, I probably wouldn't keep Nestor Cortez over Verlander because he sort of came out of nowhere. But if you have a guy who is a young prospect, whether it maybe even a Shane Baz type guy where, you know, he didn't have the greatest first year, but he projects to be such a star. Um, yeah. Maybe take the risk and let Verlander walk and keep the guy who who's had some success in the bigs, but also has, um, you know, the he was the projected, uh, you know, top prospect to begin with. So, yeah, it all it all plays a part. I asked Blake this question when we discussed it a few shows ago, but would as a Seattle Seattle guy, would you keep someone like Verlander or like Logan Gilbert or George George Kirby? I'd probably keep Kirby first, and then I'd flip a coin between Verlander and uh, Gilbert. I mean, if you asked me a month ago in August, I would have said certainly Verlander, but the way Logan Gilbert's looked over the course of the last you know four stars has been he's been lights out, ten point three. Uh, or sorry, no, I think it's 13K per nine. Uh, he's only given up three runs his last four starts. Yesterday against the Angels, six innings, 11Ks. Um, just dominant stuff where he's looked more like a front-end starter where for the most part of the year, he's kind of looked like a really solid number three, you know, kind of a, a, a softer number two, elite number three, certainly an elite number four, but, but he's looked more like a top-of-the-rotation guy this last, you know, four starts. So I would certainly have to think longer and harder about letting him go if I'm going to keep Verlander. Yeah, looking at his splits there, it looks like he may have hit a wall in August with a 6.75 ERA. But like, like you said, September, he's 23 innings, 34 strikeouts, two earned runs for a .78 ERA, .87 whip, batting average against 181. He's just been insane in September for the for Seattle. Yeah, this is what all of us Mariners fans hoped Logan Gilbert would be. I mean, the beginning of the season was awesome and that August was kind of painful to watch, but this September, this is what we all hoped he would be that ace of the staff. But I mean, at this point we have, we have four guys that you could consider an ace. I say we, as if I play for the team, but I'm a huge Mariners fan. So I consider myself part of the team right now. Uh, But I mean, Castillo, Robbie Ray, Gilbert, Kirby, any one of them could technically be the ace. So to see Gilbert kind of come out and just be this dominant this month right now is incredibly exciting, especially this close to the playoffs. Yeah, selfishly, I've been happy to see it because I traded in my keeper league one for one, Michael Harris for Logan Gilbert. And I thought I was going to lose that trade, but pitching's always at a premium. So I'm happy to see his uh, strong September. And if you're thinking of joining WinBet, now's the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. WinBet is live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Plus, WinBet has their own same game parlay feature. Just click on the game you'd like, select build your own bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. 
Must be 21 or older and present in the state where a playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, and if you watch football, you need Football TV. There were so many great games on this weekend, and Football TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. There's over 100 channels of live, live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. You can watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/sgp. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com/sgp. And then Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. They do you. Handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, and bet tracking. Player statistics, key game statistics, projected game day weather. The bet tracker also allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right. I got to say it. I'm excited for the Mariners to make the playoffs. I don't want to jinx them because, you know, the season's not over yet, but I mean, it's been since 2001. I remember in 2001, my mom waiting in line at Ticketmaster to get playoff tickets. And I went to, I think it was, I went to two playoff games, I think it was that year. And damn, it was fun. And this year, I mean, I have a six-year-old kid now. I have a six, a seven, and a nine-year-old. And if there is any way that I can take all of them to a playoff Mariners game, it, it would be maybe my best memory of all time. Yeah, it's looking like they, they may may finally do it here. They have a five-game lead on the Orioles, who I was hoping to make the playoffs. But, you know, they, they could still make it over the Rays or the Blue Jays. It's a very, very close race there in AL. But, yeah, Seattle's been kind of one of my fun teams to watch out west when, you know, late-night baseball, throw on MLB TV, have a, few, have a few great young pitchers, got a good, fun lineup there. So I'm excited for them, too. But, I mean, I know Joe and Blake, you're, you're both big Mariners guys. So I'm excited, interest, interested to hear how – what you guys think is going to happen the rest of the year into the playoffs. I want to know, Joe, what you think of this lineup right now, how it's looking without Julio, without Suarez. It's Winker somehow still playing consistent at bats. But do you think this is the uh, lineup right now that can hold steady and get us to the playoffs? Well, the playoffs shouldn't be a concern. It would take a pretty catastrophic collapse at this point with a five-game lead over the Orioles. They still have a number of series in the AL East, including four games against the Astros, with the Mariners playing uh, every single game against teams under 500. Uh, their their schedule continues uh, with three against the A's and three in Kansas City against the Royals, and then they, they finish the season at home from there. They finish the Tigers, who are arguably the worst team in all of baseball, so I'm not really thinking about it as, as an if thing. I mean, they should be in the playoffs this year. And, um, you know, I get it. You can't pop the cork uh, out of the champagne bottle until it's official. But um, it, it really should be, um, 
you know, I mean, it is as official as it can get before we finally uh, see them clinch. The magic number is 11 games over the Orioles, which means any combination of 11 Mariners wins or Orioles losses uh, would mean the Mariners clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 2001. Uh, I do think this team is capable of making a run, particularly as it pertains to the lineup. They need to get healthy. But Suarez, one of the best hitters in all of baseball in September before he went down with that thumb injury. Uh, and Julio was heating up as well. Um, you know, I think you've seen the clutch factor from both of those guys. Ty France, you hope, is heating up a bit. Mitch Haniger has been really concerning. He hasn't been good dating back to was like August 26th. Uh, his WRC plus is like 33, no homers in those 17 games. Uh, he's been banged up. So we would like to see more from him. Cal Raleigh also hurt. Need to have him because the backup catching situation is just so egregious uh, with Kirk Casale or if they were to turn back to Luis Terenz. Um, But my thing with the lineup is everyone can go yard. You know, you're not going to see them string together four or five hits in an inning very often. But up and down the order, you know, they can jump on you and uh, – and ambush a bad pitch. We saw it on Monday with Carlos Santana hitting two. Um, you know, Cal certainly stepped up. Uh, you, you can go, I and mean, even Abraham Toro will will, uh, will will make you pay for a mistake if, if you leave one. So you're not looking at guys who are necessarily going uh, to light it up and, and put up 15 hits a game, but um, they can hit enough, especially in clutch moments, to ride the pitching staff that is one of the best in all of baseball. When you talk about the four-man rotation of, uh, Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, and then a bullpen that, again, has been one of the best in baseball all year long. Uh, I just think the Mariners lineup has enough. It's not going to necessarily scare you top to bottom the way an Astros lineup would. But, um, you know, we've seen what the uh, the formula is in Seattle. And to me, I just think pitching pitching is king in October and the Mariners have it in spades. Yeah, pitching, clutch hitting and home runs has been there been their thing lately that comeback against the Braves was incredible Julio and Suarez are when they're both in the lineup it's one of the most fun lineups in all of baseball to get to watch and then Carlos Santana since he's been over with the Mariners has been unreal especially these last nine games he's batting 257 seven home runs 14 RBIs a 232 WRC plus which is absurd and he's he only has a bat of 111 so he's pretty much he's just hitting dingers are getting out but right now it's pretty much just dingers yeah i mean there's something to be said it's not about you know how many hits you have it's it's when you have them and carlos santana has been you know the numbers haven't been great and when you look holistically but the amount of big moments where he's come through um you know you it's it's impossible to ignore and then you bring in the veteran leadership side of it and where he's become a beloved member of the clubhouse uh was really a deft trade from jerry uh Jerry DePoto prior to the deadline. Um, yeah, I, again, this is a team that that they battle, they grind, um, they'll, they'll take their walks. Uh, they don't roll over, which I think as a Mariners fan, you really appreciate because even if they're down a couple of runs, you know, you have faith that they might not win. But, um, you know, we've seen too many Mariners teams in years past just roll over. They get down. That's it. Oh. Ball game may as well go home, turn the TV off. But uh, that's not how this group is. So. That means something as well. Um, you know, like when you mentioned fun uh, to watch and easy to root for, the Mariners certainly have all of that. I agree. And then and my next biggest question would be, who do you want to see the Mariners face the most when it comes to playoff time? Who do you think they have the best advantage against? Is it Toronto or is it Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have different advantages uh, in different series. I don't know if there's one team that I say, 
oh, yeah, give me those guys because the Mariners will smoke them. I don't feel that out. They don't score enough runs for me to feel that way about anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with Baltimore, or sorry, with uh, Toronto, uh, with the Blue Jays, it's the lineup that scares you. And with the Rays, it's their pitching staff now, especially that they've got Glasnow back. Uh, is huge. I mean, I don't think I would want to face McClanahan Glasnow back to back to start a wild card series, but at the same time, facing George Springer, Vlad Guerrero, and Bo Bichette Jr. Uh, to start off a playoff series would be just as hard. So, um, it's, for me, I just would like to see them play at home to to end a drought of 21 years, um, and then not have the chance to host a playoff game would be a bummer. So, for me, I want to see what the atmosphere is like. It's been rocking lately. Certainly the, the game against Atlanta uh, a couple of Sundays ago, um, but an atmosphere and a vibe that, that I don't think Seattle's seen in, in forever. So, um, you know, I want to be able to, to see that and what it, what it, you know, what it looks like and feels like for a playoff game, especially if I can come back and go to one. Um, but when it comes to who the opponent is, I'm sort of indifferent. You know, I think if you made me guess or made me, made me pick it, it'd be taking the sixth seed and then facing whoever the AL central winner is. Yeah. I think I agree with you there. I mean, my thing with the Mariners going into the playoffs is their pitching is going to give them a chance to beat anybody like Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, and want to say Gilbert with how hot he's been coming in as just our first three pitchers right out of the gate in any series, I think gives us an advantage, even against somebody like, Tampa Bay and their pitching staff or somebody like Toronto, they have Gossman and Manoa. That's okay. But I mean, their third picture they roll out is probably Barrios and Barrios, maybe the most unpredictable, good quote unquote pitcher in all of baseball. I mean, that guy can pitch seven innings and strike out 13, or he can pitch two innings and give up 12 earned runs. So, I mean, I think our pitching and our bullpen alone gives us an advantage against anybody, but just getting that home, that home game, would mean so much to the team and to the city of Seattle. I don't think there's any reality in this world where we get a home playoff game and we don't win that game. It might be the most fun Mariners game in the last, I mean, easily the last 20 years. Yeah, it would be rocking. It'd be, I mean, I think any, any Mariners fan who's, you know, has been dreaming of that moment for two decades. And there's a, there's a number of Mariners fans who, who won't even, don't even remember what it was like in 2001. And, I mean, heck, I was in sixth grade. So as much as I want to tell myself that that I appreciate it and remember it, I do. But it's different when you can go to the game, have a beer, be with your buddies, um, you know, and enjoy it as, a, as an adult. Um, you know, it's something we've been thinking about for a long, long time. Um, and they've had some close calls, certainly last year, you know, playing it all the way out to, to game 162 uh, and falling short. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't imagine the nerves waking up and knowing the Mariners are playing a, a playoff game that day. Um, I can't tell you what that feeling is going to be like, but I certainly can't wait to find out. Uh, I can't. It's going to be a pretty game-changing experience for Seattle baseball fans. And speaking of game-changing experience, No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play a pick'em contest versus other people for the shot at winning 250000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league. 
including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to $25. Yeah, and, and you don't want to miss out on PromoGuy.us. PromoGuy.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies. They've got daily updates on odd boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. And they've got a VIP Discord group that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they're some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is profitable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you're missing out on an, an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of all is that Promo Guy is run, run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. Go to promoguy.us and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. So make sure you check out promoguy.us. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you could win on Sleeper by playing their new Over-Under game. Over-Unders are integrated into fantasy the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. For example, if Patrick Mahomes is your starting QB, and not only do you think that you're going to win your matchup, but you're confident he'll get over 250 passing yards, you can pick correctly and win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Not only do they have NFL, but they also have college football player props. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper Now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 using promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. I think that's the first time I almost died during an ad read. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'm alive, I swear. All right. So one more thing I want to get into. This is the Fantasy Baseball Podcast, so we do got to talk a little bit uh, Fantasy Baseball, kind of value and those sorts of things. And with Joe on the episode today i think is an excellent time to talk uh mariners fantasy value for 2023 i mean if you've listened to any of the other episodes you would know that i always think it's a good time to talk about the mariners but uh now is as good a time as any to talk about fantasy value for next year uh i think it's pretty consensus that everybody is going to be taking julio probably top 10 overall next year in fantasy baseball uh He's an elite player. He offers you power, steals. He'll hit for average next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 310. He has that kind of hitting ability. But outside of him, who do you think Joe has the the most fantasy relevance next year, Logan Gilbert or George Kirby? 
Yeah, I think George Kirby has the upside. He was seen as the better of the two prospects, and he has shown it certainly, um, especially with the course of these last couple months. I mean, he has been lights out. His last handful of starts, six innings, eight Ks, uh, two earned, six innings, six Ks, no earned, three innings, one earned. That was when the uh, the rain delay in Cleveland. Um, but before that, five innings scoreless uh, with five Ks against the Tigers, seven innings, nine Ks, one earned against Washington. I mean, he has been lights out for more than a month now. And, um, you know, for a while we saw Logan Gilbert's strikeout numbers really low. In August, it was uh, less than six K per nine, which uh, is not as as low as you would ever expect it to be. I mean, that's just a down month for him. But still, you know, especially in fantasy baseball, strikeouts are just so important. Um, no matter, no matter what, how it's format you're playing. Um, it's essential that you're getting guys who have swing and miss ability uh, or swing and miss stuff. And George Kirby just has more of that than Logan Gilbert. And he really limits the walks too. I mean, 1.15 walks per nine is uh, that's almost unheard of territory, but as a Mariners fan, you knew coming into this year that that was his thing. George Kirby's kind of the, he's not old enough to say he's the king of the strike zone. He's kind of the prince of the strike zone, but I mean, he just dominates the strike zone. He doesn't throw enough balls to walk anybody. And all of his stuff in the zone is so impressive that it's almost at this point, it's so hard to get a hit off of him. And he's striking those batters out at nine, 9.4 batters per nine inning, which is pretty good. I think that can easily get to 10 or 11 next year uh, when they kind of get to unleash him a little more and they don't got to be quite as careful with his arm being as young as he is. Uh, I think he is a kind of a he's gonna be i wouldn't put him in that ace ace category in terms of fantasy standards but he's gonna be probably a top 30 fantasy pitcher next season he's he's gonna win probably 13 to 15 games conservatively he's gonna not walk people i know like i play points leagues walks are not good that's negative Every time they walk a batter and the fact that you can just count on him to probably walk one or zero batters every time he comes up in the rotation, it's good to count on. I'm thinking top 30 is probably good. And Gilbert, I think, is probably a top 40. So, like, they're not they're not going to – oh, this iteration of Gilbert, the September version, if that could be like a full year's version, that'd be incredible. But I think probably top 30 for Kirby – Top 40 for Gilbert with top 30 upside, depending on which version of him shows up. It's probably it's probably a pretty good evaluation, but I think the highest of all of them is going to end up being Luis Castillo. Yeah, I mean, Castillo certainly is the ace and he's got the track record. You know, I think you could make a case if we're talking dynasty leagues that George Kirby would be. Uh, the more advantageous keeper um, just because he is in his rookie season and, and projects to be what Luis Castillo already is. And he's already shown signs of that. Um, Luis Castillo on the wrong side of 30. I don't think it's a guarantee that he's he's picked ahead of George Kirby. Um, you know, I think Logan Gilbert, certainly. But I think all the all those guys are right in the same mix. You'd probably put, yeah, if, Kirby, if you have Kirby top 30, you might put uh, Luis Castillo top 25, top 20. Um, but I think those two are probably closer um, than than you might think, especially when you think that one player is on the rise to uh, if you're in Seattle, you hope that he is a perennial Cy Young candidate. And the other is, you know, still in his prime. But but again, on the wrong side of 30. And then who knows 
not every not every pitcher is Justin Verlander, who is an ace Cy Young candidate all the way through 39 uh, and pushing 40. Um, you know, the decline might might be there more rapidly for a guy like Castillo, where you know, George Kirby is probably one of the best pitchers in the American League for, you know, you hope the next decade in a Mariners uniform. Uh, do you think uh, you think DePoto resigns Castillo? My guess is, you know, he'll want to see free agency at the end of next season. He's only got one more year of club control, but certainly would be nice if you made him an offer he couldn't refuse. And it was one less thing you had to worry about. And you've got a starting rotation. You know, all of a sudden, does Robbie Ray turn into your number four starter? Because you've got Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray. I mean, that's that's a beautiful uh, that's a beautiful rotation where you just need one more guy to finish it up. And you've got it all locked up for for several years of club control. So um, that would be a beautiful thing. Um, I'm not I'm not uh, holding my breath because I just think you see baseball stars want to see free agency and what the market uh, is for them. But maybe he has a good enough time and, and he pitches well in the postseason and loves his team and decides, you know what, let's not worry about it. Let's get it locked up here. I like what we're building in Seattle and I want to be a part of it. So won't rule it out. But again, not holding my breath for it. That's what I'm really hoping for, too. There's just there's this part of me that just hopes like, man, because he was having so much fun in Seattle and we locked up Julio for this long and we're about to make the playoffs for the first time forever. Or maybe he's just going to enjoy himself so much that he stays. But then there's the business side of me that's like, realistically, a lot of this is about money and everybody wants to see like what they're worth overall to not just the team they play for, but to all teams. So it wouldn't surprise me if he sees uh, free agency. As well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees free agency and still comes back to Seattle either. I just kind of get a feel out there for what everybody else is offering. But I hope he stays just because that top four in the rotation with maybe like a Emerson Hancock is the fifth. If DePoto doesn't get a wild hair up his ass and trade him next year would be arguably the best rotation in baseball. I had an argument with somebody on Reddit at the beginning of the year. I wouldn't call it an argument. It turned into like a very petty, enjoyable uh, back and forth about uh, uh, it, was, it was on Reddit. It was an argument. Come yeah, on. you know, it happens. Uh, it was Van Gress that posted their top. It was before the season. They posted their top rotations for the season, uh, the top ten, and the Mariners weren't in it. And so I just posted like, you know, like I think Mariners deserve to be in the top ten rotations in baseball. Arguably, is a little bit of a homer pick, but. I said that we matched up like fairly evenly at the beginning of the year. Like nobody really knew what Nestor Cortez was, all that. I said we matched up pretty well with the Yankees, and they had the Yankees at like fourth on the list. And then me and this guy are going back and forth all year. Every time the Yankees pitch a good game, it had been it had been like four months since the article was posted. Somebody from the Yankees pitches a good game, the guy would comment and be like, "How you feeling right now?" Mariners pitch a damn good game, I'd comment like, "Hey, how you feeling about the Mariners right now?" I to lock up that rotation for an extended period of time would be so much fun. Like teams with pitching wins championships. And I mean, a top three solid pitchers is nice, but a top four solid rotation with four people is even better. I went on a little tangent there. Shit happens, you know. But the last person I want to talk about is every Mariner's favorite player, or every Mariner's fan's favorite player, uh, Jared Kelnick. Hasn't had the success at the major league level that we all wanted. I mean, I don't think he's relatively had any success with the bat. He's had some pretty clutch hits, which is always nice. Uh, He played damn good defense, which I thought was actually going to keep him up on the major league roster this year. 
and he's seen he's seen some solid uh, he's seen some solid success down at the AAA level as well. I mean, this year he's batting. Let's see, he's played 86 games. The Rainiers, he's batting 295 with 18 home runs and 65 RBIs, and he stole nine bases. That's a pretty solid year. I know he tweaked his swing recently, which has seen a lot of success. He just hit two home runs the other day. And I think with no shift, we covered this in the last episode, with no shift, I think that could actually benefit him a lot as well. Joe, do you think he he sees real success at the major league level next season? Man, I don't know. I, I'm not going to hold my breath. You know, I, to me, with him... You know, until he does it, I'm not going to buy into. I mean, he's every week is a swing change with him, and he's had success at the AAA level, you know, ever since he started. So why would this be different than, you know, what it was before? I'm not saying he can't do it. I just, you know, ultimately it's on him to produce when he gets his opportunity, and he just hasn't done it. Certainly not this year. The defense has gotten better. You tip your cap there, but um, just zero command of the strike zone, bad at bats. Um, and, you know, maybe the shift does help him, but. I just don't think he, to me, him and Cal Raleigh were one and the same where they had no command of the strike zone, felt like they were guessing. Um, and Cal Raleigh was able to figure it out to where, yeah, the average still isn't what you want it to be, but you can just see the competitive at bats uh, almost every time from him where you just haven't seen that. It doesn't feel, it feels like Jared Kelnick is comprehensively overpowered by big league pitching. And so, um, you know, to me, it's like the deleting the Instagram, you know, of all the Mariners stuff. Like, it just seems like he has this bone to pick with the Mariners organization. And that just like sort of drives me nuts because, you know, he only has himself to blame for not producing. I mean, certainly the organization more than anybody want him to be, um, that crown jewel of the Eddie Diaz trade that now looks like the Mariners lost. So I don't know. I'm not banking on it, certainly from a, a fantasy standpoint, unless it's a super, 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 super deep dynasty um, league. I just can't justify seeing you, you know, keeping a roster spot for him. Um, maybe. Who knows? But uh, I, I just I, there's just not enough um, examples of guys who have had four or five hundred big league at bats with really minimal success to ever turn around and really figure it out figure it out in the, in the way that, you know, that where Jared Kelnick would live up to the hype that he once had as a prospect. Yeah. Like if you just look at, if you take average out of the equation, he's played 133 major league games, 18 home runs, 55 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, not terrible. Like if you just looked at that part, you're like, you know what? That's, it's probably not what we expected from Kelnick, but Overall in a season, that's it's something we'd take from like an eight or nine hitter. But then you see that he's hitting 167 in those same 133 games. And to hit 167 over almost an entire season's worth of baseball, I don't care how many swing changes you make, you can't be on my fantasy radar at that point. And I think the Mariners have given him more chances than many teams would have because DePoto wants this trade to work out in the Mariners' favor so bad. This was kind of his big... This was his big thing that he did was Kellenic is our centerpiece. He is going to be the one in the organization. He's going to be a perennial all-star. He's going to be this big thing. And he's Kellenic's overconfidence, making the YouTube videos of himself, the hype videos of himself before he gets called up and all of this other stuff. And then he just comes up and weirdly forgets how to hit a baseball because when you go to a Rainiers game and you watch him play, 
he looks like a damn good baseball player. But I mean, also Dustin Ackley looked like a damn good baseball player when he was playing down with the Rainiers as well. Also didn't work out, different regime. But I, I'm worried and almost convinced at this point that Kalanick is just one of those guys cursed to be uh, like a quad A player, like too good for triple A to where he's really not going to learn a whole lot down there, but he's not good enough to put out consistently at the major league level. And you end up stuck with a guy that, Going into next year, I'm going to say has no fantasy value at draft time. I mean, maybe if you're in a really deep, like your, your dynasty league that you're in, if you're in like a real deep dynasty league or a keeper league, that sort of thing, and you want to take a flyer at the end of the draft just to pray that it works, it could. But I just I don't see it working out for Kellenic next year, even without the shift. As much as I want it to happen, I he's got to show me something against major league pitching. But also, okay, so me and Joe, Seattle fans, Brian, you're a Phillies guy, so I know you're you're real deep into this conversation we're having right now. Like you just know all all the stuff we're talking about. The one thing I'm curious is, Ryan, from your perspective, who's the better shortstop, J.P. Crawford or Segura? Yeah, there, there's been a lot of talk about that trade over the over the course of this season and the past few seasons. I mean, Segura at this point is is a second baseman, but it's still middle infield infield guy there. Obviously, basically the first few years after the trade, it was like, okay, we got Segura. He's been better. We know Crawford might be better at some point, but but he hasn't been. And then, you know, this year, starting off last year, even Crawford was looking pretty good, and it was like, okay, maybe we should have kept him. You know, Segura is a, a solid guy, or maybe. He's, Crawford could have been a good defensive shortstop to have, especially when we had uh, DD there and not, not playing too well. Oof. But I think at this point, it's just you can't hate having Segura there. I don't know if if Seattle w- would take that trade back, but I think given where each franchise was at that time, it was kind of like a win-win because Crawford did need that change of scenery. He needed kind of time to get get reps, get acclimated, get those have time to get used to the major league level and. He's kind of found himself there. I know he's only hitting 250. He hit 270 last season. So I think Segura, I think the Phillies still won the trade. But, I mean, Crawford, he's getting up to the point where he may have already reached his prime. But he's, as far as I know, he's solid defensively. He's okay with the bat. He's not going to have power. But you don't you don't want that from shortstop. You want to have solid defense. He can hit a little bit. Has, has a little bit of speed. And, and that's all you need. Joe, are you sold on Crawford at... As the everyday shortstop for the Mariners, I mean, I know he hasn't been that bad, but this last couple of months, I mean, since the beginning of August, he's hitting 225 with one home run, one triple, and five doubles. So he's not got no slugging. His average isn't anything to write home about. And I mean, he's not a guy that's going to steal any bases. Uh, no, I'm not sold on him at all. I, I would say he has been that bad. I think he's been one of the worst shortstops, everyday shortstops in all of baseball this year. The glove has been terrible. Uh, he's like ranks 20. Second or 23rd uh, in terms of pretty much every defensive metric you're going to find. His errors are in the top five. He's got, what, 12 or 13 errors at this point. The bat since the first month and a half of this season hasn't been very good, although I suppose the last couple of weeks he's hit it a bit better. But, no, I think one of Jerry DiPolo's biggest mistakes was committing to, to J.P. Crawford as the shortstop um, of the future. I mean, extending him fine. He's a good clubhouse guy. This is, you know, I would say it's it's probably a down year for him uh, defensively where you'd expect better. 
Um, but yeah, just they have to go out and look to improve at shortstop. And if he moves to second base, great. If he becomes a utility man, fine. Um, but you can't go into this offseason uh, guaranteeing J.P. Crawford the the job at shortstop. Um, you know, it's just it's just not something you can do when he has had as bad a year as he's had this year. And when, you know, there's more evidence to him being an average to below average player than 2021, where he was, you know, sort of a plus bat at shortstop and, you know, gold Glover. Um, you know, I think uh, he, he is what he is. Um, I think every Mariners fan would tell you they love JP. You know, he brings a, a needed swagger and a chemistry guy, and that, that helps. It's all well and good. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to win championships, you, you need to, you know, find ways to Im- improve spots that uh, are obvious areas uh, of need. And I would say shortstop is is certainly that for um, for the Mariners. I didn't realize that Crawford had fallen off that much this season. So that That's like music to a Phillies fan's ear here. And like coming up, I, I, I kind of likened Crawford to someone like Jarson Profar who may just need like a change of scenery. But even Profar has a few 20 home run seasons in him. He has a few double-digit stolen bases. He's hitting career average 236, so not great. But at least Profar can like kind of play all over the field. And, and it just sounds like Crawford seems to be stuck there at shortstop. Maybe DePoto is having too much too much faith in him and that and that could be the Mariners downfall yeah I, I, mean, I don't know I mean you just have to try to go get a Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts and if you don't get yeah. them then then fine and you have JP there who's under contract but you just can't use him as a reason to say oh we don't need those big fish you know he will have to move to second base if they are able to go get one of those guys even a, a Dansby Swanson um, you know from Atlanta um, you know, so I, I don't mean to say that, like, I don't like JP. I think he's, he's an awesome dude and I want him to be really good, but 13 airs this year and, a you know, a, a below league average bat isn't going to cut it at shortstop. Um, you just need more production. And so, uh, when there are, are obvious options that are coming up in this free agency class, you've got to do everything you can to get one of them. And I think, uh, DePoto being so, uh, gung-ho on jp absolutely being the shortstop kind of killed us a little bit this year again i don't want to talk down on jp because leadership wise he is excellent uh he's played gold glove shortstop in the past but i mean prime example it cost us trevor story i think in free agency this year because story was dead set on he is playing shortstop he's not playing anywhere else and depoto was dead set on jp is our shortstop and he's not playing another position and I think we legitimately could have had JP at second and Trevor Story at shortstop going into this season had DePoto not stood his ground so much on that. Isn't Story playing second base for Boston now? Like that's kind of weird how that how that played out. Because uh, they have both Completely weird. Yeah. yeah. Completely weird. And I I would have rather had Story here because I think a, a guy like Story is exciting. More exciting than a guy like Adam Frazier. Although Adam Frazier's hit pretty well recently, but still, I think Story brings more to the table. And I think that would have been better moving forward. Uh, but stats-wise, uh, did you know the best of the week is actually Monday and Thursday and Sunday? Because it's NFL season, our time of the year. 
And whether you're in the fantasy leagues betting on your team or just talking highlights around the water cooler at work, the NFL season just got a lot better thanks to the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, the Elias Sports Bureau, official statisticians of U.S. Pro Sports Leagues. Elias Game Plan is full of information and insights provided by their renowned research team, which means they constantly give you information that is up to date and that you can trust. This app gives you everything you need this season to get competitive edge. League validated team and player news and stats. Head-to-head team comparisons ahead of their matchups, along with Elias key insights from the Elias statisticians, including injury impact analysis. An expert game analysis, which can give you the advantage in betting, picking your fantasy lineups, or showing off your sports knowledge. And Elias Game Plan is releasing new features all the time, like their chat function, which allows you to talk directly with their researchers. So you get the information you need to feel comfortable when making big decisions on betting or your fantasy team. Uh, I love Elias. I'm a big stats junkie, so deep diving into the weird random stats that you probably never would have even thought about is my favorite. Uh, I love things like the fact that Julio is uh, one of the fastest players to 25-25 in his rookie season is incredible. Uh, elevate your NFL season today and download the Elias Game Plan app. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now I have a special offer when you subscribe. Get 15% off your annual annual subscription, but only if you use my promo code SGPN15. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting in the app store or Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN15. And make sure you check out Run Your Pool, introducing Run Your Pool <laughs> VIP, a brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool that helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Entry to our exclusive Weeks 1 and 2 pools with guaranteed 5,000 payouts, as well as our season-long pool with a guaranteed $100,000 payout. Get access to exclusive data to help with your weekly game picks. They have premium content like in-depth guides for how to dominate your pools and exclusive swag. The top line here is that if you're a serious sports fan, you need Run Your Pool. Use code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP and get 50% off of your first month of Run Your Pool VIP. That's code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP. All right, everybody. I think that's what we've got for today. Been an excellent episode. Thank you, Joe, for coming on the episode with us. Yeah, appreciate uh, you guys having me. And where can people find you at on socials? Uh, yeah, at Joe underscore fan on Twitter. And then uh, my work's at seattlesports.com and winbet.com. Awesome. Ryan, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. Uh, thanks again, Joe, for joining us. It was, it was great to have you on. Great to have another Mariners uh, insight there. So, yeah, always a good time. Yeah, appreciate you guys. It was fun. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E, or our uh, kind of show Twitter page at SGPN Fan Baseball. And you can also find us at sg.pn slash discord. 